Now, the structure of the book of Psalms is divided into five books. And I know this is kind of where it can gets confusing because the book of Psalms is divided into five books. And as you go through, you will actually see book one, book two, book three as you read through the psalm. I don't know if everyone knows that. Book one is Psalms 1 through 41. Book two is 42 through 72. Book three is 73 through 89. Book four is 90 through 106. And book five is 107 through 150. And when you get to Psalm 42, 73, 90, and 107, it will say book one, book two. And we don't know exactly why these were labeled, these books. Um, is there an idea that's being communicating in a different book that's not communicating in another book? We don't know. Could it have just been that this is the first installment of the, the collector gathering them together? And this is more like volume one and volume two because that's what he had time for at that moment? We don't exactly know why. But they are a phrase. And we know that these books, each one of these books are marked by the fact that each one ends with the phrase, May Yahweh, the God of Israel, be blessed forever. Amen. Amen. And so each one of these books ends with that phrase. The last Psalm, 41, 72, 89, and 106, end with that. And of course, the exception is 150, but it's obvious that 150 is the end of the book 5 because there's no more Psalms after that. So structurally speaking, there are five books and each one ends with the phrase, May Yahweh the God of Israel be blessed forever. Amen, amen. And basically, amen means truly, or that is the truth. That's the structure. Now the last five Psalms, 146 through 150, are really short hymns. And they kind of wrap it all up and they basically end with the Hebrew word, Hallelujah. Now, hallelujah, if you don't know this, means hallowed be, praise, Yahweh. Okay, so hallelujah. And I know we have hallelujah, <laughs> but remember in the original Hebrew there were Y's and not J's. And that's why we continue to pronounce it Yah, even though it's a Jah. So, so basically these last five psalms are really short praises or hymns. Praise and hymns are synonymous. And they end with the hallelujah phrase. And they seem to close up the entire book. So there's an intentionality there. The book also opens up with two psalms, Psalm 1 and 2, that seem to be unique. The, most of the laments are in the beginning of the psalms, but Psalms ends up with, opens with two praises. And then it goes into laments. And they seem to be an introduction to the book as a whole. If you've watched the Bible Project video, they will go through and show you a lot more themes going through. However, those are not universally accepted. Some of those themes, you know I love the Bible Project. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. But there are some places where they seem to be stretching those themes a little too much, it might be. So most scholars agree that beyond the things that I've told you, there doesn't seem to be any structure beyond that. There doesn't seem to be any major themes that are going through that. And you can find themes, and there's lots of people of this themes are here. The Bible Project, Tim McKay, has these things that are going through here. And there's some truth there, and there's something, but it's not as tight enough to really nail it down and say, that's definitely it. So it's definitely something interesting. It's worth exploring. It's interesting to trace, but it's hard to know if it's like, yeah, that's definitely what the composer had in mind. It's not that obvious. Most of the time when the themes are there, they're so obvious. You can say, yeah, that was authorial intent. It's not that clear here. Obviously, most of the book is written by David. 
And one thing that is interesting is that by far there are about four major types of psalms, and they can be broken down into subcategories. And the majority of the psalms are lament. So most of the things that go through are lament. And the reason is because a lot of our prayers are laments. We live in a broken world of suffering. And most of the time we're disappointed more than we are pleased and happy. And most of the book is lament. There's always a balance. I'm not swinging the pendulum. But I remember growing up and like youth pastors and people would always make you feel guilty in their life. We've spent too much time complaining to God and praying for things and that kind of stuff. And, and they, they had a point. Okay, They actually had a point. Because probably most of us complain all the time and pray for things most of the time with very little praise and very little acknowledging who Yahweh is. But I remember, like, then you start feeling guilty. Like, oh my gosh, like, did I spend too long asking for things? I should, like, buffer this out with, like, praise and thanksgiving. And then as I got older, I realized, my goodness, the book that God put in the Bible has mostly laments in it, mostly petitions. And there's a sense where God is okay with that. Now, if all I'm doing is lamenting and all I'm doing is petitioning, I don't think that's healthy. And I think that's probably the point that they were trying to make, but sometimes it just got made to a pendulum swing extreme. Um, but I do think it's, our family tries very hard to have many praises and many thanksgivings in our prayers with our girls, because I think if, when we learn to be thankful, that changes us and affects the way that we approach life and, and how who God is. But at the same time, I no longer feel guilty for having lots of requests and petitioning God. And because the reality is, I can't, once again, I can't change the way I feel just because I'm supposed to have a fewer percentage of depression. And the reality is, some of us struggle with depression a lot. And there's nothing we can do about that except for bring it to God. And I don't need somebody to make me feel guilty because that's the majority of my prayers, because the reality is I'm praying that because that's what I feel most of the time. And the only person who can change that is God. Because obviously if I'm still battling the depression after many years, then I haven't been working out too great on that one. And so I would just say, yes, be very intentional about making sure the fact that you're thankful, you have a heart of gratitude, you're praising God, you're thanking Him for things, that should be definitely a part of your life. But at the same time, if you feel it, then say it. Better to say it to Him than bottle it or go to somebody else. So the majority of the Psalms will lament. But what's also interesting is that many of the laments end with praises, a confession of trust. And some of these is that the author actually wrote it originally with a confession of trust. At the moment that he was praying the lament, some of them are obvious that the psalm ended with a lament and there was no happy ending to the prayer. But then maybe weeks later or months later, he came back and added the trust or the praise part. And either because God had dealt with his emotions and he was able to actually come back and now write something more positive that he couldn't do that night, or that God has answered his prayer request and he's adding a praise to it. And so what's interesting is that, yes, most of them end with praises, but many of them show signs that that was not how they were originally written. And it may be evidence that that night when he prayed that, he had nothing good to say. But as God changed his heart throughout the days or the weeks, he was able to go back and add to it and say, God is good. God is good. Maybe the magic wand hasn't been made, waved over my circumstances, but something's changed to me. And it's only God. 
And so I don't think there's anything wrong with a part two to your prayer a week later, okay? And just coming in. And that's where maybe writing this stuff down and journaling is helpful because then you go back to your journal. And if you're lamenting and mourning and crying and complaining and you're the kind of person who journals, then maybe you leave a few spaces of blank before you move on to the next one so you could go back a couple weeks later and say, God has changed me. God has moved in my heart. And so that seems to be what the psalmist has done, especially when paper is not as precious to us as it was to them. You can afford to leave blanks. But think of that in mind, that if the author is doing that of the lament, then we can do that as well. And we don't have to feel guilty for ending on a negative note, but we also can leave a blank in our journal to come back with the positive that God has done in our life later. Now, as they begin to move on, not only do the laments begin to evolve into a praise at the end, many of them, but the whole book as a whole, though it has laments all the way through the book, and it has hymns of praise all the way through the book, the majority of the laments are in the beginning, and the majority of the hymns and thanksgivings are at the end. It's almost like the whole structure of the book is moving you towards praise and thanksgiving as God is, as you unpack this book. So I do think there's benefits to reading Psalms all the way through. But once again, I don't think it's one of those books that you're meant to read all the way through as getting through the Bible in a year. I think it's one of those Psalms that it's a resource. You pick it up, you find, you ask, this is what I'm feeling, God. And you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to a particular Psalm. Or you just read a Psalm a day and meditate on it and ask if this is true of you and that kind of stuff. And so I think this is more of a research book, a resource book for meditation or expression rather than get through it in a so much as speak on the calendar. Not that you can't do that, but I don't think that's the point. I mean, I do think there's a sense of like, if you're not reading Kings from beginning to end chronologically, then you're violating it because it's narrative. And narrative has to be read chronologically. But Psalms is poetry. And there's no violation of reading them in different orders. So the genre does not mean that. Hopefully this is liberating to think of this. Many of you probably already thought this way. Maybe some of you thought, wow, it would be cool if I could actually do this without feeling guilty. But this is basically what Psalms is giving you permission to do. That's kind of the purpose, the way that you should understand it, the way you should go into it, the way you should pray it. 